Welcome to What Now? I'm Michelle Reeves, your host of this weekly podcast that connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. I've spent the past 20 years working with global brands in sports, fashion, entertainment, and tech. From the intense energy of the field at Super Bowl to the glamour and chaos backstage at New York Fashion Week, I'm the person who wants to see what really happens inside our favorite brands and businesses. I want to know how things are made, and I want to find out if there's a better way to make them. Today, I am talking to someone who sits at the center of celebrity, content, product innovation, and culture. I'm joined by Shannon Delatte, head of brand at Safely, a brand on a mission to change the way the world thinks about cleaning. Yes, co-founded by everyone's favorite momager, Chris Jenner, and Emma Greed, co-founder of Good American, that wonderful size-inclusive denim brand that she co-founded with Khloe Kardashian, plus founding partner of Skims and recurring shark on ABC's Shark Tank television series, making history as the first black woman ever to serve as an investor on that show. So many gems in that. Uh, Welcome to the show, Shannon. It is great to have you here. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so happy to see your face right now. We're so far away and we have so much catching up to do. So this is kind of like a perfect way. It's like a little fireside chat. (laughs) It is great to have this private fireside chat because you're right. When we do see each other, it's usually in these events that are just so energetic, so many people, and it's, it's hard to dive in deep and there's a lot to catch up on. And I'm thrilled we get to share it with everybody else as well. Yeah. So let's talk about you and all the great things you're doing. For two decades, you have been designing marketing communication programs for some of the world's biggest beauty lifestyle brands, you know, whether it's in London, New York, LA. These are brands like Diptyque Paris, Dermalogica, Lululemon, Neutrogena, so many more. You tap into some incredible media relationships. You've been featured across Forbes, CNN, Vanity Fair, Good Morning America. You're also the director for the PR Net, the founder of the Virtue Project. You're on the board of the Alliance of Moms. You're a mentor for Imagine LA. That is just in your spare time, mind you, because, <laughs> because your day-to-day is head of brand at Safely. Yeah. Like you report to two of the most influential co-founders on the planet, managing the growth and development of one of the fastest growing brands in consumer goods. I mean, let's just pause for a second. What? Well, (laughs) let's be real. A lot of those activities have taken a lot of a back seat, but the Virtue Project was was my impact consulting business prior to this. And I it always holds a soft spot in my heart and my partner is still running it. And I I'm I'm there from afar. But yes, to your point, my day-to-day very much right now is living and breathing all that is safely. Now you joined Team Safely in 2022. I'm really excited to know. You know, I, I can read, of course, what is out there about Safely, but I'm really excited to know how Safely got started. Yeah. Interestingly enough, kind of the way that a lot of uh, Emma's businesses do, it actually really got started out of a place of need, safely launched in the middle of a pandemic. So I think I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we'd get our deliveries to the door. We had gloves on. We were cleaning everything with bleach. That was real. 
And uh, Emma has four little children. Chris has, don't hold me to it, I think maybe 12 grandbabies now. And they knew that there just had to be a better and a safer way. The writing was in the stars. You put those two big, powerful business brains together uh, and only magic can come out of it. And I literally said when they were kind of coming up with the idea and, and, and testing out things and launching the brand, she's like, who is the cleanest person I know? Actually said this, picks up the phone calls Chris Jenner. The woman is clean and cleanly right after my own heart. It is for real. She takes it very seriously. And so when they realized that, you know, we're going to be surrounded by these types of cleaning products for a really long time, they want to find a way to make a safer product for their families and the planet, but to do it in a way to make it as accessible and affordable for as many people as possible. I think it's really smart because Here's the thing. If I'm Chris Jenner, I know that my home is showcased constantly on TV. It's in the press. People can't typically afford all of those, you know, those beautiful rare artworks that we see splashed across People magazine or on, you know, on our newsfeed. Uh, the custom yeah. furniture inspires our wildest AI dreams. But you start to think, well, okay, if my house can't look like Chris's house, maybe it could smell like Chris's house, you know? And you start to think, well, smell is a pretty smell, powerful. You just nailed a candle collaboration with Goop, like Chris Jenner's pantry. Bring, bring me in, <laughs> bring me in. Because smell is one of the most powerful senses and it evokes all oh, kinds wow. of memories. So if, if it can smell like that, then maybe my guests as they come over to my dinner party will just, you know, miraculously feel like they're sitting at Chris Jenner's gorgeous dining room table and, and not my Ikea self-built <laughs> <laughs> table instead. I love it. So good. Well, okay, let's dive into, of course, the dirty details. Absolutely yep. pun intended. Shannon, does the world need another cleaning product brand? And I say this at a time when you could say the same thing about something like water. Surely we have enough water brands to buy and consume, you know, for bottled water. But then comes along this company called Liquid Death and it's water. I'm very familiar with it. Yes, yeah. right? Yeah. It's water in a can. And within a few months of this water in a can, Liquid Death hits a billion dollar valuation. And for anyone unfamiliar, it is a modern day product phenomena that will be studied in the Harvard Business School halls for years to come. And if you Google it, yeah. you're going to see it has a very deep connection to Gen Z. But the, the long story short is it is just water, but the difference is the unique packaging, a can. And this can sparked a story that had never been told before. And that story united a community. And it was community and commerce that created this explosion. So back to where I'm going with all of this. Does, yeah. the, does the world need more cleaning brands? Touche, Michelle, touche. <laughs> um, but liquid death. I hear you. Um, Peter Pham, I know this story so well. Yeah, it took us all by storm. It's a great brand story. And I remember when I first saw it, I actually thought, Wait, this is a beer can? Like when you're out, at, they, they, they distribute it at events, you know, and you're holding it. And I'm like, no, it's water. It's great. But yeah, I think your, your question is, is a bottomless pit. Celebrities launching brands right now is a really hot commodity, beauty, health, wellness, you name it. What I do know is that the world 
needs more brands that care about their impact on the world. So I appreciate the reference to liquid death. I'm not saying with safely that, you know, we're out there to save the world. We can't delude ourselves into thinking that any business is truly sustainable. A truly sustainable business wouldn't exist. But I think the best thing that we can do to minimize harm to our planet, three of our core brand values are accessible inspiration, empowering well-being, and championing inclusivity. And these are things to me that the world needs more of. So at our core, we believe that what you just described as aspirational home care, which is a thing, you just said you wish your home could look like that. We believe that that should be accessible to all, not just a privileged few. If you think about a lot of the the home care brands out there, like Diptyque and their price points, Everybody wants a clean house, a peace of mind, regardless of ethnicity, gender, socioeconomic background. So we champion this in everything I do, everything we do, which is why we're available at the retailers that we're at. So where I see safely sort of disrupting in this space, in this home care market, is actually creating a new segment in the category, which is affordable luxury. So, you know, I think this segment takes cues from the beauty industry. If you look at it in the well-being and luxury categories, in packaging, in fragrance, you know, we call her the boss of the sauce, Jelena, who came from the laundress. Fragrance is huge for us. When you smell it, you're it's it's like a conversion. So all of these things to create efficacious products, but that are available at an accessible price point. So our hand soaps, Cost less than $7 and laundry detergents around $15. Sign me up. Let's be real in this economy. Aesop or Levant, like some of those price points are a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. Um, and they're beautiful. We're starting to see a lot of beauty brands launch into home care. Barbara Sturm, you're probably familiar with her skincare products. I love her. Barbara, I love you. She just launched a laundry detergent. Like, Recently, and her fear was that she was concerned about a lot of the chemicals that were in her product for her child. Mind you, her laundry detergent is $55, but this is a thing. Like there's beauty and home care are really starting to merge. And I'm finding that that very interesting. I'm finding that interesting in sort of, you know, the way that the media is covering our story, the way that we're finding ourselves coming into this, like trailblazing this path. So b- the bottom line is, I think we offer a safer choice, plant-based ingredients, safe for your skin, your children, pets. And that's the gap. That's the gap that we fill. Those who want the safer options, but can't afford the premium price tags that that these options usually come with. I think wow. it's really smart when you talk about other categories. And I love the name Safely as a brand because it allows that growth potential in the future to expand into any number of different products. But through this Oh my gosh, you just pillar. You nailed it. That was a big part of our conversation, early days growth. That's hundred percent. You're ahead of the game, Michelle. Oh well, I mean I'm I I wake up in the middle of the night and to, to calm me and put me back to sleep, I think about business strategies and new products I can launch. That's my happy place. Others think about going to the beach or yoga retreats. And I think about how can I make that little store I went to more efficient and scale it and take it internationally? Ah, oh, calm. Back to sleep now. <laughs> and it's funny because my husband looks over and my eyes are like wide awake, but that's when it comes to me. I often say, I say to my colleagues, I'm just going to sleep on it. And then of course, you know, 
during the night, that's when it all comes to me. And I wake up, I'm like, I've got it. That's it. <laughs> that is it. So a lot of purposeful strategic planning goes into the, the early days of this. You're managing a brand that has momentum. It's definitely got a cultural and financial success uh, milestones being hit. What are some of the big challenges that you're facing in your role currently? <laughs> when I first, when I start off right now, actually, this is going to sound a little bit unbelievable um, because I need to preface by saying, interestingly, this particular role has really only continued to fuel me further and excite me. So working with Chris and Emma, these are powerhouses, okay? The businesses that both of them have going on, on multiple different levels. Internally, we, we refer to them as expanders. Expanders are some of the most valuable energy that you'll ever have around you. It's like seeing your unmet self. So I'm watching Emma in a medium or I'm watching Chris doing a pitch to a potential retailer, uh, you know, and you recognize potential aspects of yourself that you've yet to really fully integrate. So we really harness that in our company culture at Safely. We sit in a campus, if you will. It's quite funny with Skims, Good American, Brady, Tom Brady's line. And it's just buzzing. It feels like maybe like the Uber startups of the day and it's sibling rivalry. I'll be like, Skims. Oh, what a great partnership idea when they partnered with the girls from the White Lotus. We're like, why didn't we think of that? You know, and we're collaborating and we're talking with them. So it's just constant ping of inspiration and also learn what worked for them, what didn't work for them. So it puts us in a really good place because we're definitely the baby of the business, the two-year-old baby, you know, who's always coming and asking questions. Uh, so we're very, very, very much feeling those startup vibes, which you know all too well. But I think it's that energy that's really fueling us right now. But to answer your question with real challenge, I think from a marketing perspective, which is how I always speak, I speak marketing, I think our biggest challenge is generating brand, massive brand awareness. The team has done an incredible job of getting in all the right doors and retailers. You know, we're in Target, in Walmart, in Kroger. I'm not going to spill the tea, but we have three big, big, big retailer launches coming up. So that's wonderful. But then as a marketer, I say, how are we going to get these products off the shelves now? And we can get to this later because celebrity having the power of celebrity is one thing. But as you know, from beauty, wellness brands, cleaning is a whole different category, generating that, you know, brand loyalty and awareness, that's a critical part of the journey. And I'd say that's kind of where I'm at now that we've got a lot of our foundational blocks in place. It's like, okay, what can we do? How do we do this? All right. I have a lot of thoughts about this actually. And I'm I, like, give me ideas. I I do. We're, we're going to turn this episode into a, a like a mini business jam session. Jam girl. Um, know what I do. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to say that I like your term. A big part of the job is not just getting the products on the shelves. It's getting them off the shelves. And I think people forget about that. They, they can really over-index on perfecting a product, perfecting a look, a, a social media feed, a marketing message. But what is actually going to drive a call to action that hits your milestones and your KPIs that you need to grow this business? Getting product off the shelves. I'm going to place that there on the table for a minute and go back to what you said too about, which is creating a sense of deep loyalty. You know, you, yeah. especially with a product like cleaning, 
people want to find their go-to product and then just rinse and repeat. It runs out. I go and get the same thing again. You just keep buying that same product that you love and you have a deep affinity and loyalty for it. And one of the, the industries that does this the best is the diaper industry. So bear with me for a second. As a mom and for anyone who has had a baby, particularly in the U.S., when you have a baby in the U.S., as you leave, uh, there's two things they care about. One, how that baby seat is installed in the car or Uber as you leave. Uh, And two, don't forget your little bag of free complimentary diapers. Now, what you don't see is the massive battle that Huggies and Pampers have to be that free pack of diapers. They go to town with all kinds of pharmaceutical and hospital organizations and donations to be that because they know that there's an 86% chance that the diaper you first put on your baby will be the diaper brand that you keep using for the next two and a half years. Yeah. So that is an important free pack of diapers. Can I piggyback off that for a minute? Because tell me as a mom, the first time And the only time I ever thought about or switched my laundry detergent was after I had a baby and my pediatrician said to me, oh, you got to stop using Tide. And I went running and I bought seventh generation. So our laundry detergents right now are neck and neck, like seventh generation, I would consider one of our competitors. And I now use the Safely Laundry Detergent. I was putting my child to bed. I was smelling his hair, cuddling. And... I thought, oh, did my husband buy a new shampoo? And I'm smelling him and it's, it was safely. And I, it, it, it just sticks with me, but I knowing that this is a product that you can use on a baby. So funny thought that you just said that about those two diaper companies. I'm like, we got to get in there as a laundry brand with the same. Yes, you do. And going back to that power of scent and smell, that that early newborn smell of your baby and anything associated to it, the perfume that you have worn during your pregnancy, the the smells of candles or scents in your home when you have that baby, they are going to bring back baby memories for years to come. Are you ever going to want to give that up? Absolutely not. Your baby's now seven years old. I still use that laundry detergent because it smells like them when they were so cute and little. I don't just hold on to them. That's it. That's it. There's so many powerful triggers in this product because it's such such a personal product. We don't think about cleaning uh, products as personal, but they're highly personal to your health, your memories, your feelings, sense of well-being. There's a lot to tap into there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Scent evokes so much emotion. You know, we recently actually just expanded into air care because what's out there on the market, like blade plugins, all these toxic you know, and ours are, are essential oils is a scent diffuser. So kind of like when you walk into like an addition hotel and you smell Lilabo, I'm sure you know this also well, beautiful smell at the addition. That's what we did with these scent diffusers. And we wanted that. So like I, my whole house, like is, it's around me constantly. So anyway, that was a, a segue, but no, it's, a, it's actually perfect because now what I'm thinking about is, okay, we're talking about air. Let's talk about digital air. So last time I saw you, we were in LA at some Web3 events. Uh, you know, you have NFTs. I have NFTs. I might be a little bit obsessed with them. Um, just a little. Yeah, it just, it's, 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 it's a minor, it's a minor part, yeah. of, part of my life. Um, you know, we, we both live and breathe within this ever-evolving space. 
Do you think that there is a place for some kind of Web3 strategy, whether it's NFTs or Metaverse or AI or blockchain at Safely? Do you want to know what I was so most excited about having this conversation with you? Was that I could almost turn it around <laughs> and ask you as my research partner. But I will say, no, I will, I will say you actually were honestly the first individual to open this world to me. My husband and I came and attended a Mavion event and we minted our first NFT and you explained it and helped me understand it in a way that was really palatable. So it landed, you know, and I think that was a big piece of it for me, the unknown, right? And the unknown is scary for anyone. Um, and that was sort of my outlook on it when I first touched the space. But AI, I think, is extremely interesting. I mean, I almost said to Siri the other day, like when I was like thinking about this podcast, Siri, tell me what AI is. And I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to hear the explanation because that's just all part of it, right? But I think for early adapters, this could be a potentially huge game changer in business, obviously, which I would love you to speak more of. And I want to hear more about that. It shifts the way that companies can operate. And I also think that like for us in our industry, there's a potential for it to really like further amp up efficiencies on things like the manufacturing floor. All of these things that that I'm not in marketing, but but my business is a function of my business. So I think for leaders, I'm going to, the only thing I'll say, I think for leaders, it's important to really proceed with eyes wide open, right? You know, being aware there could be ethical and practical challenges, but that's always the case. But from a marketing point of view, I'm excited. You know, I want to see how it can analyze consumer feedback and personalize marketing for us and that kind of thing. So this is where I am going to flip back to you because if you were a brand, a cleaning brand, what would be one of the first ways that you'd want to leverage this technology for the brand? I, I love this. Okay. So uh, flash forward, I'm sitting in the Chris Jenner campus. We're across yes. the table from each other. And I'm going to, I'm going to say these things to you. I'm like, guys, gals, ladies and gentlemen, to all these wonderful women, there are a lot of ways we can harness blockchain. I'm going to take you through a couple. All right. Uh, first one, we talk about the actual products going into your product. Use blockchain to your benefit. You know, as you scale and grow, you can show this product provenance, which is a fancy term for the origin of where the ingredients are coming from and Amazing. show the wholesome origins of how you're sourcing all of those ingredients. And that itself tells a story which can then be used into content and marketing and things like that. That is a way that you can undeniably verify something that I think is only becoming more important to consumers as opposed yeah. to all the greenwashing and false claims that we're used to getting from the, the PEGs and Unilevers of the world. So use, yep. use that to your advantage. I'd say another piece is for the community building component. First of all, I'm going to take a step back to go forward. Think about the diaper theory. How do we get people early? College. I think dorm rooms are such an opportunity that should be tapped into. This is the first time cleaning. Did you peek at my marketing strategy before <laughs> we jumped on the call, Michelle? I think I mean, you did. You used I, your AI technology and... <laughs> 
What is Shannon working on right now? <laughs> I was just like, chat GPT, hack into Shannon's computer. Uh, yeah. No, this is, I, I've thought a lot about this since we connected and, and planned to be able to have this episode. I'm just like, this is uncharted territory that you should go and own. You know, and I've, I've been thinking even about like fun plays on like, college kids love to spill the tea and safely is here to clean it up. And, you know, there's just these fun ways that for the first time college kids would be interested in even considering a cleaning product because of what you've built so far and who is at the helm. Own that. You establish those habits early with a college dorm room starter pack. You've got them for life. They're not changing those behaviors. And it's interesting, you know, like I said, literally last month we launched into Target and I don't know about you, but here in the U.S., like Target is where every single college student goes and stocks up on their back to school and it's of that price point. So that's very, very much on our radar. I love it. I love that you spoke about being able to tell our brand story, like our ingredient story, because that's something I should have actually raised this in challenges before because we have such a story to tell because these ingredients are sourced. Like we have a new fragrance coming out and two of the tuberose and gardenia are being in it because those are two of Chris's favorite flowers. And, you know, there's a story there. And as a marketer, I love storytelling. So we're exploring opportunities right now to put a QR code on the back of our bottles so that as soon as you pick it up, they can take you to our About Us story and we can give that journey to them. I think that those are important things to definitely keep on the table and build out. What I would add to this with that Web3 lens is yep. the inclusion of the community. So let's let's yeah. go back to this like college dorm. You've got these these kids, um, they're learning, they've got this cool starter pack, they're at least interested now in this concept of cleaning. But you know how you, you know how you get them really interested? They become co-owners of this. So through the power of blockchain and smart contracts, college kids are going to be very comfortable in the Web3 space. The idea of NFTs um, is not going to seem strange to them, but the infrastructure is definitely much easier now. So just through email, you can do all the Web3 backend and make it very seamless. But for them, it's an email. On the backend, you have NFTs and smart contracts keeping it all in place. They can participate in community voting of new fragrances and scents, packaging, colors, maybe there's the different season. You know, you've, you've got college kids who can't always go home for the holidays. So that starter kit for spring might look different in November around Thanksgiving time and have a different scent to evoke those family memories that you can't be a part of this year for whatever reason. And that that kind of participation from them to vote, uh, submit their own designs can also be rewarded. How mm. epic for the first time ever to have a national college opportunity for someone to co-design a brand or a package and then the winner actually shares in royalties of every bottle sold and now you're mm. technically having a seat at the table next to Chris Jenner and Emma Greed as a co-founder absolute game changer you're studying business at university while being in business with some of the most powerful heavyweights of our time I am so glad this is being recorded because probably what I'll do in our next weekly meeting is turn it around. I'll be like, okay, guys, here's our new plan. I have very affordable rates. It usually just involves <laughs> some kind of like chocolatey brownie you give of mates some sort. Rates. <laughs> mates, I get a mates rate. Mates yeah. rates always. Um, and maybe I can just like walk through Chris Jenner's kitchen and smell how wonderful it oh, is. 
I mean, dreams, you know, no, uh, that's fascinating. Truly. You know, I think there's a lot, it takes community building, like from that level of walking onto a college campus and sampling, right. Which is all part of the marketing mix. There's all these different channels. I believe it's a holistic 360 degree approach, but meeting them where they are is what you just landed on. Right. And the reality is this generation is speaking that language. We have like, we have our consumer who is the mom, maybe in middle America, a little bit different, you know, and we have, we have ways and and projects that we're working on in that remat, but we've been talking a lot lately, especially as we're already thinking about, like, I can't believe this. We're already thinking about back to school strategy, even though we're only just exiting school at this exact moment. My son had his last day, but yeah, that's it. That's fascinating. Well, I, I'm here to jam anytime. We can talk more about that. But what I really yeah. want to know is what are some things that you're already working on, some initiatives that may surprise people? We have big, big five-year plans. I think if I'm going to be here in this moment with you and talk about the now, I'd say right now for us, what's really important is we're focusing quite a bit on partnerships. And I think it's very interesting that we talked about the definition of what that could look like, you know, through Web3. Partnerships for us right now, when I talked about earlier, generating more brand awareness, it's, you know, the old saying, two heads are better than one. Well, when it comes to your customer acquisition strategy, it's true. So we're looking to kind of, you know, rather than viewing brands as competition, we want to partner with like-minded brands and expand our reach via them. We just did an incredible partnership this week with APL shoes. And, you know, you wouldn't really think, but they actually launched this beautiful rainbow collection. And the way that our bottles are in different scents and formulas, we have a rainbow collection. And we talked about how you can wash your APL sneakers with safely laundered detergent. So I think it's, it's about really being honest about what we can really provide and what we can offer realizing what we can't provide. So the partnerships can help us like elevate our brand a little more, a little more quickly. So this is what I mean. This is in the now, in the now phase, in the immediate future. So it's just an additional channel to expand our reach. But then we're also working on certification. So back to what you said, walking the walk. And that's really important for us. And I do believe strongly that maybe in 2024, we can actually focus a little bit more on our impact strategy. But first, we need to really get there. So we're not purpose washing or green washing. So we just got green seal certified, which is important for the brand. You know, we're in the process of going through the B Corp assessment, which I'm very excited about. That's like near and dear to my heart and a brand new certification that actually got presented to us recently. Hannah Brothman was introduced to us by Emma. They're friendly And Hannah's working with an organization called Hormone University, and they're creating the first ever certification for endocrine-free products. And what this means is these are things that are in home care products, beauty products, all of these things that can affect fertility, can affect your hormones, can affect so many things, right? That let's be real, all of us as women at some stage have experienced. So that's really exciting to me. Um, 80% of the female population have experienced problems in this remit. So for us to have that seal, for you to know that if you're struggling with infertility or you're having other health hormonal issues, guess what? 
the cleaning products you're using are safe and that's okay. So that's an exciting new one. This is brand new to us. They're just kind of on the cusp of launching and we just really see the value in it. And just, you know, educating people more on what what they're consuming is really what it comes down to. It kind of makes me think about the idea that when you are someone so notable already, you know, before you launch a brand, when you do, there is a higher call to a purpose. It's not just delivering a spray that will really make your kitchen countertop sparkle. It is something that does more because I think the public, rightly or wrongly, demands and expect more. You know, and I think that there's this responsibility to drive influence in a way that the traditional competitive brands just can't. You know, what are some of those big risks for a brand when you are so closely tied to a celebrity founder? You know, I'm I'm guessing there's things you have to think about um, that other founders of brands don't. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think just going back to that sort of educational piece quickly about brands is that most people don't think or feel that like a plant-based product can be efficacious, you know? So, so that's just it. It's like, actually here, we can provide you a product that is safe for you and that also works, but celebrities back to celebrities. Yes. (laughs) It's a really great question. And to be real, you know, to be fully transparent prior to this, when I worked with big brands, you know, under J and J like Neutrogena, you know, we worked with celebrities, but on a very different like project-based face of the brand thing. Celebrities are often celebrities because they're great at something, be it acting, music, entertainment, sport, whatever. The first, I think, key element is what I've learned recently to a successful celebrity-backed brand is to ensure that it's something that they're very passionate about. Cleaning and creating brands that fill a void, solve a problem, is a perfect fit for both Chris and Emma. They made it their mission to change the way the world thinks about cleaning. I think when celebrities are very passionate about something, that's something that has to be maintained through the long haul, right? Because that, that, as you know, with startups, that can be fast and furious and we're so excited, but it has to be sustainable. And that was the key, I think, in, in launching this brand that this was something that these two want to see through to the end. No, it's a really good point. Like I, I think about my, whatever product I use, my, let's take my toothpaste, for example. I yeah. don't know. And I really don't care if the, the head of that toothpaste company changes. I'm going to keep using that toothpaste. Right. It's, it's fine. But yeah, when yeah. there's a, someone that I've come to really respect, I was brought in and made aware of a brand because of that person. Um, and then they change or leave then that can really have an effect on the brand, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the, the morality clauses that exist for traditional sponsorships of just a brand and not even an owner of the brand, but a an endorsement, that can do all kinds of good or harm, depending on what's happening in just a, a paid relationship, let alone when that notable celebrity is a part of the brand of itself. It. Yeah. It's, it's big. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's a really, really interesting space, you know, um, being highly engaged comes down to their general enthusiasm rather than just being a face on something. So it's different when you're just doing a brand endorsement versus like this being something that you're a part of, like they are literally a part of looking at the packaging before it gets out the door and the scents, et cetera. And it's really important. I would just add to all of this is 
to put the right team in place. And that's where we're at right now. We're a very small, but scrappy and small, but mighty team. We're fortunate to have these two co-founders who are like real life examples to us of putting in the work. I see Emma at the boardroom table when I walk past Good American, when I'm getting in the office and then I'm leaving at the end of the day and she's starting to do something filming for Shark Tank, you know? So when you have two strong celebrity co-founders who are willing to get up every day and put in the work, you got yourself a rocket ship. What would you say, so we've got the celebrity piece, um, outside of that, what's the one thing that you're doing to keep consumers excited and engaged? I like this one because <laughs> you're getting me here. Yes. <laughs> this is a challenging task in our current landscape. What I would say is, and this is interesting for a cleaning brand, we keep on innovating. So we're like a train that doesn't stop right now. Like I said, our sister brands, if you look at Skims Good American, they're doing drops weekly, weekly. We're nimble. That's the coolest part about our brand. Like if we're in conversations, let's say with a particular big film partnerships, let's just say that as a pretend example that we're going to manifest. Sure. sure, Maybe. We need to like have bottles turned around with their logos on it overnight. We can make that happen. Whereas like Tide or our bigger juggernauts, you know, there's so much more red tape involved. It's a lot harder. So I think we move really quickly and we're just always thinking about new product innovation and launching new scents and that type of thing. Yep. So just and as I mentioned earlier, like new categories, we just launched into air care category and I'm not going to spill the tea here, but you've already like, you've already said it's so important to set yourself up for what else it could be, you know, in addition to doing that with your ta- your celebrity led co-founders, it's establishing yourself very strongly as a brand too, to be able to do that. Right. So people know safely. And then it's like, Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. They're moving into this space now. Okay. But I do believe that that takes a little bit of time. It takes more brand awareness first. What is then the KPI that you care most about in its current cycle and stage of, of growth? Yeah. And you know, like immediately my brain, because as a marketer, I want to go to your, my KPIs for like PR and social media, but actually realistically right now for us, it's velocity. It's really important in our business cycle. So like how quickly our prospective customer moves through our pipeline. That's kind of what I spoke about earlier about getting these products off shelves. So I think by exploring these potential partnerships via digital, via some of the things that you said, via some of the more traditional functions, PR, social media, sampling, we just want to really ensure that we're having this full 360 degree approach to reaching our audience. And like I said earlier, meeting them where they are. Meeting them where they are in one of the most fast paced eras of our business time. For somebody who wants a job in this industry or wants to launch their own consumer product, what would you, what would you share? Research, doing the work. It's so important. Um, We talked a lot about celebrity, you know, brands and, and how it can be hard to keep the momentum. It's just, this can be trial and error and it takes time. So I think really understanding the space, thinking about what void you're going to fill, which is one thing, but then the interesting thing, and this is what I love about some of the other brands that Emma and Jens work on is not only just filling that void, but filling that void, but also how we're going to provide, you know, create, merge and create a new category within it. 
like the voids there are fine. We realize that. Okay. Plant-based cleaning brands, we know they're expensive. And I look at like Honest or Hello Bello, right? Hello Bello is a really great example. We talk about diapers and same, they wanted a product that was accessible to all. And they're also in like, don't hold me to this. I think maybe Walmart and Target as well. And filling that void and then by default, creating this new category of like, think about it when Honest came into play. I don't know about you, but that's what all the gifts that I was given when I had a baby. And I think same with Safely. It's it's um, this affordable luxury category. And in this current economy, I think it's exactly what's sort of needed. All right, Shannon, I love connecting people. One of the things I do every episode is bring in another guest, someone from my community of listeners or someone I may already know through previous events who has submitted their question to ask you, the podcast guest, their own question. Are you up for the the fun of someone else to join us right now? I can't wait. <laughs> Fantastic, because I've got good news for you. Annie Evans, who I believe you know already, and we can dive into that. Uh, but- My Annie! <laughs> so for our listeners, Annie is the founder of Dream Ventures, investing in the most promising founders who are building a better future with over 25 portfolio companies in women's health, Web3, Femtech, FinTech and CPG, I just knew this would be such a great pairing to get the two of you on here. Uh, Her focus is on sustainability and better products for consumers. Dream Ventures has invested in brands like Topicals, Partake Foods, Poppy Seed Health, and I'm so grateful to have uh, her as one of the investors in my company, Mavion. She is also the creator of Dream Ventures Accelerator, for female founders looking to raise capital for the first time. So this is actually near and dear to probably your heart as well as mine, but in a market where less than 2.7% of VC funding goes to women-led startups, the fact that Annie at Dream Ventures has raised over 20 million for women-led ventures and companies is just hands down one of my most favorite things to, to share about the work she is doing. Bravo, girl. <laughs> so first of all, Annie, welcome to the show. And Annie, you don't have to meet Shannon because 10 years ago, there's a story. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's so full circle moment right now. I mean, what we were at the gorgeous apartment in yeah. Soho and Michelle and I were staying there. We were working on our different ventures and making, you know, propelling our dreams forward. And Shannon, you and I sat on the couch and just explored synergies. And I think Michelle was the one that connected us. I was working for a beauty startup at the time. And I remember Mm -hmm. just thinking we're such a powerhouse. And I felt that was such an energizing conversation. And I was so grateful to you for coming over and just having a exploratory synergistic brainstorm. And here we are now. Well, as soon as you said, I'm at this like beautiful loft in Soho. I'm like, oh, I'm coming over. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember if we had wine or not, but we probably should have. And I think I was consulting at the time for Johnson Johnson skincare brands. And I was kind of getting ready to leave. So hearing your passion and what you were doing was like really motivating to me. 
Well, and there's a bit of a full circle moment here too. You know, obviously Safely has incredible high profile founders that you're, you know, you're working with. Annie also knows what it's like to work with high profile personalities. She previously co-founded Beautified with Hannah Brumpfman. Um, That was a venture backed geolocated app to find and book on demand beauty and fitness. And look, I saw firsthand during that time when you guys were meeting the work that Annie was doing to grow and scale as the architect behind this enterprise strategy. You know, so she really understands consumer behavior. She understands the key role of the B2B partnerships that are necessary to grow and what you're doing with Safely as well. So I'm just, I'm thrilled that we could reunite here on the show. And at this point, you know, just Annie, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Well, this is just so amazing to be with both of you. I mean, just at the time, I was literally couch surfing at this person's apartment and basically trying to make my dream come true. And so 10 years later, here we are just, it's so nice to come back together again. And Shannon, huge, huge, huge congrats on creating this incredible brand. I was so excited because I'm someone that definitely cares about the products that I use and and the safety in our home. And so I'm so intrigued to learn more about your vision and what you all are building. I think the question that I have is in the past, we've sort of seen, you know, companies like Method and others that, you know, start with the best intentions, making products out of their homes and using in organic ingredients and then as they grow in scale and hit mass and ultimately might have an acquisition they lose that sort of authenticity and and now method is sort of frowned upon in terms of like you know our peers of of the ingredients and where it's gone and it's actually not so safe anymore so how do you think about where you are now in your values and keeping that authenticity as you kind of reach mass would be my question and i think that is honestly probably one of the biggest challenges. In terms of staying authentic, I mean, I think that's really hard once you get acquired. And I've watched this. I'm very curious right now to see what happens with Aesop, who just got acquired by L'Oreal, right? Like that's a whole other podcast. You're literally battling a huge conglomerate, I think, over mission, vision, values. Our The president of our company, Jelena, she actually came from the laundress she's a genius when it comes to scents and formulas. And we talk a lot about what happened after the laundress got acquired. We all know that story. So I think just really ensuring, and this is what I spent a lot of time. I spent the first four months when I was started at Safely building and baking into our brand, what I call our brand purpose framework. So it's really your, your mission, vision values. And if you bake that into the core of your brand, and illustrate it consistently to consumers. And I think Aesop did a pretty good job of this, but again, it'll be interesting to watch what happens now. But I do think that that's the key thing. And launders had to do that too. They said it was really funny before they got acquired, they hadn't even really put on paper what their like mission, vision values was, but they wanted to make sure when they handed it over that it remained. So we had a really interesting conversation about that in the office when we were building our own. That's actually such a great point. I was very lucky and fortunate to have met the founders of Laundress and heard both of their stories. And so that's a good reference point of another brand that made a better for you, you know, reimagining Woolite, which is full of chemicals and getting acquired and how to stay authentic. And it's such a, I mean, it's, it's a good problem to solve. And I'm, if anybody could figure it out, it's you and 
the rest of the team. <laughs> I mean, we're not there yet, but um, it's a battle I'm ready to take on because I believe so strongly in it. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Great answer and very provoking because that there is no one formula, one strategy to, to make that right. Annie, love having you here. Thank you for joining us. Of course. I'm excited to listen to the full podcast and Shannon definitely hit me up and we'll catch up. I will. We have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> this has been fantastic. Shannon, thank you so much. I hope everyone is just as excited to go and clean their home as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> where can our listeners follow you and safely? Please go visit at get safely. Go visit my little friend's at Chris Jenner and at Emma Greed for all of their inspo. And for my humble opinion, or sometimes photos of my seven-year-old boy and what inspires me on a regular basis at Shannon Delot. This is wonderful. Thank you to our listeners. Time is your most valuable asset. And I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. If you'd like to join me on a future episode, go online to michellejreeves.com and submit your question for an upcoming podcast guest. One person will be chosen to join me and the guest to ask your question directly. You can follow me at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and Twitter. If you enjoyed this episode, which I would be shocked how you couldn't, text it to a friend. Friends don't let friends miss out on awesome podcasts like this one and the inside scoop on what's happening with Chris Jenner, Emma Greed and the team at Safely. Have a great week. Look out for the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.